The MomCast is brought to you by Mid-Ohio Pediatrics, where your family is ours. And by Aquatots Swim Schools. Safety first, fun every second. Mom! Mama! Mommy! It's the MomCast, with your hosts, Mindy Dreher, Michaela Hunt, and Stacy McKay. Mom, I need you! Welcome back to the MomCast, everyone. Hope everybody listening had a wonderful Independence Day. I have to brag a little bit because my daughter is on a 13-year-old team of softball players, and they won the entire tournament of 108 softball teams from across Ooh. the country and Canada That's amazing. against 14-year-olds. Way to go, Cammie! Lasers wide Yay. one, and I thought of you, Michaela, because I'm watching her. She had tons of hits. Did someone slide into first? She did! <laughs> she slid into That's first. Hilarious. I'm like, what is she doing? She was, like, bound and determined to get to first on this hit, and she slid. I'm like, wait till I tell Michaela. But Because if people don't remember, Michaela, we were teasing Michaela because she's like, did you slide into first when you were pregnant? And I'm like, you don't slide into no, first. No, you That's don't. That's why we were teasing her about that. Was your, was your Independence Day good, Stacey? It was. Yeah. What did you do? Did you guys do anything? Out Actually, of- we we switched everything around so we would see fireworks not on the 4th because I get up at 2.50 in yeah. the morning to do a morning show on the radio. So we didn't go to fireworks. So we changed everything around because it's too much. Yeah. To have the 4th on a Monday. I, we. We did the same in our house because my husband had to get up early to be into work as well in TV. So it's the fifth felt weird. I mean, I don't know why I was all discombobulated, but I was. Everybody was. And I, I have bug bites all over my feet. Okay. <laughs> feet. And so just to, to add to the annoyance, I, it, I was just annoyed with the fourth in terms of that. We had a great fourth, but I'm annoyed on the fifth and now the sixth and probably let's get over it this week. That's, wow. I'm trying to get it's myself back mentally. It's tough when it's on, the, on a Monday. It is. It is. Yeah. They need to switch it. But they can't switch. And we should switch the 4th of July. We should celebrate a little differently than we did back in 1776. Right. Well, no, you can't. You remember on our last MomCast, we had Dr. Kelsey Walker on warning people about the dangers of fireworks right. and how dogs get so scared and run off. Yeah. Boy, did that happen here in Central Ohio. 131 dogs ran away and ended up at shelters. And the sad thing about that, only 40 have been reunited with their families. So if you're listening, it happens all across the country. And if your dog's still lost... Please check your local shelter. Chances are it is there. Joining us today from Aquatots Swim Schools, the owner, Mike Kallmeyer, to give us some great tips for keeping our kids safe this summer. Well, obviously, with the summer weather, um, we've been hearing a lot about knowing the signs of drowning with children. I mean, everybody's got pools. We want to have a fun, but we want to have a safe summer, obviously, Mike. And let's just start there. Um, what do we need to do to make sure our kids are ready for summer swimming? Everything you can possibly do, Stacey. Um, it is so much fun to swim, but it is so very important to stay safe. A lot of what we teach at Aquatots in especially our first four levels is drowning prevention and water safety tips. Here's a real technical term for you guys. The freakout factor. I made that <laughs> oh, up myself. There we go. Yeah. I just We want to eliminate the freakout factor when a kid should happen to fall in the water or some a depth that they're not used to, that they don't freak out. That's sort of the, the problem um, initially. And then they learn how to find the edge, climb out of a pool. We teach a lot of that at Aquatots. Find the edge, how to jump out of a pool, uh, creating those scenarios um, where they're out and an accident may happen. So let's talk about that freak out factor. How mm-hmm. do I find the edge, Mike? How, how do I do that if I'm a kid and I'm, you know, like four or five years old, don't know how to swim? Where do you guys start with me? You know, what would I see? 
We teach something called Chicken Star Rocket, So they and we also teach them to flip on their back. You like that term too, right? Chicken Star <laughs> Rocket. That one will stick with me. All right, you guys feel free to come up with some terms I'll use at Aquatots as well. But uh, we teach them to flip on their back, chicken star rocket, back to the edge, grab the edge, monkey lock, walk along the edge. It's amazing the ages of the kids that are doing this, too. I'm talking like two or three years old, like the, tiny, really? the tiniest little tots. And then our tiny little babies are learning submersions as well, how to hold their breath. And so it's uh, visually, it's really cool when you see it. And as water safety goes, it's important to learn. Now, we never drown-proof kids. We make sure that... Parents out there, if your kids take swim lessons, make sure you, you don't feel comfortable just going to the pool and, and assuming that they're 100% good to go and they don't need supervision. They do. We don't drown proof. But having said that, we've got some great stories. A Westerville officer, his little boy, uh, fell off. He's a student with us. Fell off the dock into the lake a couple of weeks ago. He was about 10 seconds away, but ran over, heard the screams. Little boy flipped on his back, was floating like he learned in our level three oh leapfrog class. It made the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. Wow. And I was I almost started crying, I swear to you. <laughs> and he was yelling, still yelling at his dad, but doing the chicken star rocket move on his back. And his dad reached down and grabbed him. So That's it, was, it was a great story. Wow. You know what, though, Mike? We've heard tragedies all over the country. And even here in central Ohio, we've already had cases this summer of kids drowning. Yeah. When is it okay to let a child? swim on their own or is it just an individual basis type of a thing? I would say not until they're at least a teenager. Even if they know how to swim really good, they do need supervision. Um, and don't careful about letting older siblings watch littler mm-hmm. kids. That happens a lot and they just don't have the concentration, let's say. Um, so they need constant supervision. We even say if you're looking away even for five to ten seconds, um, you don't want to do that because a little toddler can just go under. And then once they're under the surface, then you don't see them. Then you glance back and you glance the other way. That happens uh, sometimes. But we are um, you know, advocates of floaties. Those are okay. Um, gives you a peace of mind when you're on vacation or at the beach. But you want to take those off once in a while, too, to, to let the child learn what it really feels like to be without floaties, mm-hmm. which is what we teach at Aquatots. Now, I think we've all seen videos because they've been around you know, this is what a drowning child looks like. You mentioned the freak out factor. And for older Flailing children, around, right. they say that often doesn't happen. Sometimes it's very calm and they just kind of drift under. So and you, so you may not see with maybe an older child that factor at all because they may know how to swim. There may be other issues involved. They right. may have fatigue. Um what are we looking for really then? Yeah, that's where the constant supervision comes in. Um, you always want to be at a place that has a lifeguard. Uh, there's some warning signs with the facilities that don't have one. In that case, mom, dad, grandpa, it's up to you. You're the lifeguard. Um, I wouldn't just sit back in the recliner chair. You know, I would just kind of get up near the edge. And, uh, you know, in if you really need that peace of mind, put those floaties or swimmies on. That's That's not a bad thing, even though we teach without those. Um, we we do recommend that for, for a peace of mind and make sure there's a lifeguard or a parent watching. What's different with Aqua Tots compared to other regular swimming pools that offer swim lessons? That's a good question. Number one is a ratio. We're really proud of that. It never more than four tots or four kids or four babies to one instructor. So not only are they getting more repetition, but they're also uh, getting more pool time themselves and getting you know more of these water safety tips. But Ratio is four to one. A lot of moms and dads are really happy with that. So I have a six-year-old who still doesn't know how to swim. And it makes me very nervous when we're around, you know, a body of water, you know, at a pool or at a lake. So what do I need to help him get over so he can learn to swim? He just is very afraid to be on his own in the water. Okay, I've got about 156-year-olds in that same situation that have come to us and do not know how to swim. 
So we have our level three leapfrog is for beginners, and it's so popular that we've divided into ages. So the younger are three, four-year-olds, the older leapfrogs that don't know how to swim, they have to start in the beginning level. They're six and seven years old. So we have a ton of those types of kids. So you're not alone, Michaela, but we don't want the six-year-old in with three-year-olds. So we do age-appropriate lessons there. And, and how do you start? So for him, you know, he's been someone has held on to him. He's tried to do a couple of different strokes when he's been in classes before. How do you really kind of start to get to the core of that fear and making them feel comfortable with the first couple of techniques that you teach? Yeah, it's always based on the first couple lessons are the key ones. And then my, I swear to you, by lesson three is when we have that kid turn in the corner. So we get him comfortable with our facility, which is awesome, I like to say, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we would start him just uh, simple stuff, you know, facing the water first, then some submersions. Once he's comfortable holding his breath, he would do more and more. Um, Our pool is set up for instruction. So it's nothing that this is huge cavernous area with uh, loud noises and chlorine in the air. It's a really uh, comfortable facility that is conducive to teaching kids. So there's benches all around the pool that are 15 inches under the water. The kids sit on the bench uh, while they're waiting to do their particular drill. The water is 90 degrees. The air temperature outside of the pool was 90 degrees. So when they come off of the edge, they're not shivering at all. Can I come? Yes. <laughs> and you know where you would that go, Stacy? Where? Stacy, you would go on the other side of the glass, which is just feet away. With mm-hmm. our, we have a nice, comfortable padded lounge chairs where it's 73 degrees with cocktails. I was going to no. say, can we wow, say pool okay. party? Yeah. I, I think we make it happen. Do you, you would see my face pressed <laughs> yeah, very right. firmly up against the glass. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. Child. Well, Las Margaritas <laughs> is right next to us. Yes, so I was thinking is. about putting in a service <laughs> window and like one of those revolving service yeah. windows and maybe the margaritas for the moms while the tots are That's doing the lessons. That's not a bad idea. Yeah. So, Mike, if people are listening to this and they do want to get more information, what's the best way for them to get that information? Uh, give us a call or visit us, aqua Tots.com. Give us a call also, 614-984-3732. Our schedule is seven days a week. Those leapfrog classes that I was mentioning, Michaela, we have, gosh, 10 to 12 to 15 of those every single day. So there's a lot of options. Our number one priority is the swim lesson inside that glass that I was talking about, inside the pool. That's the cake of Aquatots. The icing is all the other stuff that I mentioned for sta- for people like Stacy to relax out in the lobby and uh, Starbucks coffee, free Wi-Fi, a comfortable atmosphere, why you watch your kiddos take lessons. But our number one priority is uh, that those kids are in the water and learning how to swim and uh, eliminating that freak out factor. And what I take away today? Chicken star rocket. There you go. She'll never forget that now, Mike. Thank you so much. No pro- hey, Wonderful thanks, guys. information. And Actually, what you just told us could really save a life because we've seen too many tragedies already this summer. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. You know, when you're pregnant, you have uh, about nine months to plan for a baby. And within that time, you make the nursery all pretty or appropriate and you buy the clothes, you have baby showers and things like that. But we're talking to a mom today who didn't really have a chance to do all that because she became a mom overnight. Literally, she got a call. She became a foster mom in hopes of adopting this child. So we are now going to talk to Bobby Colatruglio, who is thrilled to be a new mom. Boy, your life changed in an instant, didn't it? Oh, no doubt. (laughs) Talk a little bit about it. Well, um, last Tuesday, which is usually my day off, I um, sat outside with my dog and had a cup of coffee, and I went and got my toes done, and I went to Costco, (laughs) And then I was just living life like normal. And then at 4.30, we got a call for a possible um, newborn. And by 7.30, we were home with her 
in my kitchen. <laughs> oh, wow. So literally within a few hours finding yes. out that you were going to bring a baby home. Yes. I have a big grin on my face because, because <laughs> I love this. So when you walked in and saw that newborn for the first time <laughs> and know that you're going to be the one in charge of this little baby, <laughs> what was it like for you, Bobby? Um, it was exciting, very exciting. Um, we've been wanting to be parents for years now, so um, so that part was very exhilarating. You know, it's like that moment that they hand you a baby, you're just like, you know, we've been picturing that moment forever. Um, but then <laughs> the same thing, I think it's the feeling that, that a lot of parents have. I talked to a lot of my other friends with kids, and they say they all felt the same way. Uh, that feeling of like, you're just going to let me walk out of here with her. <laughs> <laughs> what do I do with her when I get her home? Right, exactly. And like, you know, they didn't come out and check the car seat or anything like that. And so I did what I think what most new mommies do and rode in the back seat and watched her breathe and, and all that good stuff. And so we made it all the way home. I want to ask you a little bit too. So many moms um, have been in your shoes struggling with infertility. And, you know, have looked and said, okay, so we really want to have children. What decisions do we want to make? What do you have to say to those moms or, you know, hopeful moms that are that are listening to MomCast? I think, it's, you know, it's so challenging and, and everybody's journey is just so, so different. Um, but uh, my husband and I got to a point probably last March where we just were like, you know, I was done doing treatments. I was just done with what it was doing to my body and to my emotions. And, um, and we started talking about adoption. And for us, for some reason, that just didn't feel right. It just didn't, you know, I, we kept talking about it because it's kind of the next thing that you talk about, you know, when, when you're struggling with infertility, but it just never quite felt like the right next step. Um, and I think now I know why, because then as things kind of unfolded, I really think that this is what we're meant to be doing. Um, and so for us, it was like, you know, we could continue with these treatments that have so far been so unsuccessful, or we could go a route where we, you know, could guarantee that we would be parents. And that route, you know, for us was being foster parents. We're like, you know, we sat down and we really analyzed what is our goal. And for us, our goal was we want little people to pour into and to take care of and to, you know, make our house a home, and that's what we wanted. And so we kind of went the route that we knew that was more of a guarantee rather than a gamble. Bobby, don't you love it, though? Don't you love oh, this feeling that you have right now? It's amazing. It is. And with your perspective on everything that's happened in the last, you know, couple of years, how, how do you feel that even changing, like that shifting with this happening just within the last week? Yeah, I was so nervous. And I think that um, I think that kind of played a role in my infertility as well, because I think the longer it went on, um, the harder it was to picture myself as a mom and um, uh, the more challenging I just like, you know, our lives just kept evolving and it didn't, they didn't have kids in them and um, it just became harder and harder to even imagine. Um, and so then I started thinking like, well, maybe I'm not even meant to be a mom or maybe I won't be a good mom. Um, but then uh, Because we tell ourselves those things when we're in those kinds of situations. You're not alone with that. Yes. No, I can understand that completely. So then somehow on Tuesday or Wednesday morning when I'm, you know, washing bottles on one hour of sleep and just kind of, like, doing things, you know, it kind of struck me, like, oh, my gosh, like, this is it. Like, I'm a mom, and I'm do- I'm doing the things that, you know, I'm supposed to be doing, and something just kind of turned on, which I was afraid of, too, without going through um, pregnancy, if that same sort of thing would, would happen, you know, because I didn't have all of that, like, that time to connect and to think about things and 
we're licensed for birth to six, so every time the phone rings, we don't know who they're going to be calling about. So this one happened to be a newborn, but it could be, you know, it could be anybody ages birth to six. So um, I've been nesting and doing all those sorts of things, but it's still a little bit different. I was nervous that I wouldn't, that those sorts of instincts wouldn't kick in, but... I feel like they certainly did. Well, we do not want to take up too much of your time. We don't want to, you know, take away from the babies in, in any <laughs> mean, no way. But um, you know what, Bobby? I'm a big believer of faith and destiny and that things happen for a reason. And I think you're absolutely right. I think you are exactly where God wants you to be right now. And there's a special place in heaven, I truly believe, for foster parents because they are so needed. And keep pouring all that love and energy. As you were talking about it, I had just a big grin on my face. So keep pouring all of that into those little guys. And you know what? They are just going to go out into this world feeling that from, you know, the very moment they were in your house and with you all. I just, I love it. I think what you're doing is fantastic as well. Thank you. And that was kind of going into it. That was our, that was our main goal. We just thought if they can leave just knowing, you know, whether we have them for a day or a month or a year or whatever, just knowing that like there is unconditional love out there and there are, you know, there is, there are stable homes and just kind of be that light at the end of the tunnel, even if they're little ones. I still think that that, you know, that that sinks in somewhere for them. Well, and who knows, Bobby, the the baby may be yours permanently, right? It's, I mean, it's always a possibility, yeah. So with foster care, our goal is always to try to support reunification until until that's no longer an option. So at the phase that we're in right now, we're still supporting reunification. That's awesome. Bobby, thank you so, so much for all that you do. I'm glad you caught me at a cry free 20 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) See, like I said, there's a a time and place for everything, and there's a reason for everything. There's a reason you were on MomCast today to make the baby be quiet. No. Thanks so well, much, Bobby. Can you guys call back then in about an hour? Yeah, exactly. Go, right? We'll right. call every two hours. <laughs> okay, perfect. People are so active in the summertime. Doctors' offices are just jam-packed with people getting hurt, injured, and all kinds of different things. But thank goodness here in Central Ohio, we have Mid-Ohio Pediatrics and Adolescents. And they are great at their profession. But you know what? They're also moms and dads, too. Dr. Kathy Folup is one of those. We used to be in residency challenged a lot by our patients when they would ask, are you a mom? Are you a parent? And granted, medical school and a medical education says something, but it was after I became a mom that I saw the world and situations in a different way. And it helped. It only enhanced being able to practice as a pediatrician. Mid-Ohio Pediatrics, they are taking new patients right now. If you're interested, go to their website, midohiopediatrics.com, or give them a call, 614-899-0000. So New York Magazine has this kind of daily email thing they do called The Cut, and it has a lot to do with women, and it's kind of, I would say, cutting-edge, controversial subjects. And this came into my inbox just this morning, and I knew we needed to talk about this. The real reason you'll never be able to parent like a French mom. Really? Yes. Oh, this is going to raise all kinds of questions for us Americans. Well, right. I mean, where's the patriotism in this, right? You know, we're going to hear from you on this, I'm sure. But this this new study that is out has found that the French are having more babies than any other European country. And with that, there is a book called Bringing Up Bebe. Am I saying that correctly? I took Spanish. Bebe. But is it bebe? bebe? Is that for baby? Right. So this woman who wrote this book and these French women who are having more kids than anyone else, what this book says is we're doing it wrong in the United States. For example, States. can they give us an example? Why are we Too doing it Too many toys wrong? and gifts, 
Too much allowing children to eat only bread and pasta. What? Guilty, maybe. Too many roving bedtimes. So we are allowing our children to just get away with a little too much, to be able to say no to vegetables. To so be French able parents to, are more structured, so it that, sounds like. We, more structured, but I would also say that they don't maybe allow as much of this to happen. You're going to eat your asparagus and maybe not giving you a toy when you're crying and complaining in the middle of the day. Go outside and play. Well, if that's uh, what it takes to be a, a bad parent, then I'm guilty because we do all that. <laughs> yeah. I, well, that's the thing. I feel like I am too. And I was I was thinking about this article and, and you know, just even last night we had fish, right? I mean, we, we are not going to do short order cooking anymore. We've like decided on this mm-hmm. in our house. Yeah, right. So until co- they don't eat. Until they don't eat. So we started with fish and I think we had a salad and we had, yes, there was bread involved. French mothers. Uh, there was uh, hush puppies, but that that that's the thing. He wouldn't eat, and usually we just don't fight because you know you get exhausted with the fight, even though you know you're mm-hmm. offering them new. But apparently, French moms don't fight them because well, you were going to be eating more than bread and pasta. I knew our producer Greg was getting ready to jump in. You were getting kind of angry as she was reading these things. Well, defensive maybe. Yeah, you know, like I said, I don't consider myself a bad parent, but I do all of those things. Uh, So the thing I would argue is that what they are pointing out is just such a small portion of parenting. And, uh, you know, there are worse behaviors that parents could do than uh, roving bedtimes. So I just don't like being lumped in the bad parent category because of those specific aspects of parenthood. Maybe American kids are more entitled and, like they said, get toys and gifts maybe too often. I do see that a little bit. I I don't know. I, I can't speak to... I can't believe the French don't do that. But I do think sometimes children are entitled too much. And, and you don't have to give them so much because I have always said the most important thing I can give Kylan and Cameron is my time. It's not necessarily a materialistic thing. Well, and, and with this, and so, Greg, how you feel about this and Mindy as well, American parents, according to some of these studies they're talking about in this article, are the least happy in the Western world. And they're saying, is that in, is that in effect... Of how we're we're treating it. We're the least happy in the Western world. We're overweight. Our children are as well. You know, are we just just allowing too much to happen? And in allowing, are we becoming really unhappy? And we don't even realize that that's what we're doing in trying to make things easy in our lives. Because I would say some of these things (laughs) I do because it's easy, right? Okay, Michaela, are you happy happy as a mom? Some, I mean, yes, but then of course, like everybody else, there's some days where I'm frustrated and I'm tired and I'm wiped out and I haven't gotten on the treadmill and I want to get on the (laughs) treadmill, right? So, I mean, I, I will say that maybe overwhelmed at times I am overwhelmed. So I'm sure French parents are too. Greg, are you happy as a dad? Yeah. I mean, for the most part, but like everybody's going to have those days and moving to moving to Paris isn't going to, you know, make, make us happy. 100% of the time. Listen, I couldn't imagine my life without my kids. And the bottom line, I may not do everything right. We don't do everything perfectly. But the bottom line is this. Kylan and Cameron know that they are loved. What better gift can I give as a mom to make sure that my kids know that they're loved? I don't think you can. But from a sensibility factor, where this struck me is that maybe I do need to revisit how I treat certain situations. Don't let them roll over me when I... I'm offering fish. And no, you can't just eat 
the hush puppy and the pasta or whatnot. So maybe it's not that the French are better parents or they're better moms, but maybe they just are a little bit more sensible in everyday decision making. Something to think about. They're meaner, meaner parents. (laughs) I'm staying here in America. Right. So, again, the book is Bringing Up Bebe, uh, the article in New York Magazine this week in their cut. You can get to it from NewYorkMag.com, and we'll put it up on our Facebook page so you can read it for yourselves. Well, there's no doubt about it. We will talk about everything and anything on the MomCast. Seriously. Issues that will kind of get under your skin and other issues that just we kind of laugh about because we've all been there before. And that's what the MomCast is about, sharing moments with one another. Thanks so much, everyone, for listening and being part of MomCast once again. Have a great week. 